0: ask you a question has anyone ever lied to you before have you ever spoken with someone in which you knew they were lying to you as they were speaking wouldn't it be great if we could have truth serum I would love that we could just have this and we could spray it on them and say okay now the truth is going to come out in fact you can get this out in the atrium for $19.95 plus shipping <laughs> you know there. I would just love if there's a way where it's like, tell me the truth, okay? Don't don't lie to me, just tell me the truth. You see, when someone opens their mouth, their character is on display. Oswald Chambers said it like this, the greatest test of a man's character is his tongue. You see, what comes out of your mouth reveals who you are. And the gospel compels us to be truth tellers. Let me show you. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 12. We're going through a sermon series as a faith family called Walk in Wisdom. We're walking through the book of Proverbs together and we're, we're studying how the wisdom of Christ affects every part of our lives. Now every day you and I make dozens of decisions and in every decision we make The the Proverbs give us insight of how we are to respond. Now, some of the decisions that you make are quick, they're snap judgments that you have to make. And the book of Proverbs equips you to make those quick decisions that are right and true and aligned with God's will. But there are also decisions in life in which we have more time. Do we have more time to pray through, to study God's word, to seek wise counsel and then decide? Well, the book of Proverbs is for both snap decisions and for slow decisions. You see, each proverb is like a hard candy that you roll around in your mouth. You take your time. You savor the flavor of the truth of what God is communicating in each of these verses. We're challenging the entire church of Westwood that through the month of September, we're going to be reading one chapter of Proverbs every day. And to memorize one verse from the book of Proverbs every week. And so if you've not started that, we want to invite you to be a part of this. This is a great way to hide God's word in your heart. You have freedom to go anywhere you want to in the book. There's 31 chapters. You can do one for each day of the month. Just a rich book to grab hold of to apply to your life. Now make no mistake, words matter. God created the world with his word. He sustains the universe by the power of his word, Hebrews 1.3. And God has revealed himself to us through his written word. And throughout God's word, he instructs us on how we are to use our words. You see, the, the words that we use every day have power. Your words can build up and they can tear down. Words can start wars or they can bring peace. Words can create enemy or they they can forge a friendship. Words can comfort and encourage. They can rebuke and they can teach. Words are used to share the gospel that brings eternal life. Therefore, as those who will one day give an account for our words, notice in the text of Proverbs chapter 12 how we are to use them. I want you to see first here in the text that we are to speak few words. Look at chapter 12, verse 16. Solomon writes, A fool's displeasure is known at once, but whoever ignores an insult is sensible. You see, there is wisdom, verse 16, in ignoring the insults of others. When a fool starts running their mouth, it is sensible to ignore them. Remember 1 Peter? In chapter 3, verse 10, for the one who wants to love life and to see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit, and let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Now, though there are times that we are to answer a fool according to his folly, wisdom says there are also times in which your words are to be few. When you're insulted, when you are slandered, the temptation is to respond in a like manner or to trump that person, to go bigger and stronger with your words in response. But you see, when you speak few words, you are protecting yourself from sin. Proverbs 10 verse 19 says, Where there are many words, sin is unavoidable. But the one who controls his lips is prudence. You see people who talk too much they are not far from sin. And so when we think about keeping our words few we want to make sure that we're not creeping into pride. Those who, those who talk too much, they're displaying pride within their hearts. They dominate conversations and they, they rob other people of the opportunity of giving valuable inputs. But we must learn to tame our tongues, to be quick to listen and to be slow to speak. James writes in James 1.26, If anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. It goes on to say in James chapter 3, look at how giant ships are guided, they're controlled by such small rudders. How powerful horses are controlled by small bits in the mouth. How forest fires begin with a small spark, so it is with the tongue. His point is that we must consider how something so small can have such far reaching impacts. Solomon reiterates this truth of letting your words be few in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 2, in which he says, do not be hasty to speak and do not be impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth. So let your words be few. Notice what he says in chapter 12 of Proverbs verse 23. He says, a shrewd person conceals knowledge, but a foolish heart publicizes stupidity. You see, one who is shrewd, one who is prudent, they conceal knowledge, meaning they don't reveal all the information that everybody else needs to know. And though they have the knowledge, they don't peacock around like a bunch of know-it-alls. And they don't spill the beans on gossip about everybody else. You see, concealing knowledge shows self-control. It means you're being wise in what you say and in what you don't say. Now, the opposite of concealing knowledge is gossip. The fool, verse 23, can't keep quiet. They have to publicize juicy information. You see, gossip destroys relationships and robs God of glory. The scripture is clear. Gossip is sin. So Kenneth, what do I do when someone starts gossiping to me? Well, here's how you handle it. When someone starts gossiping, they start speaking ill of someone, they start slandering someone, you stop them and say, hey, listen, hey, let's go talk to that person. Come on. And you put your arm around them and start walking. They get quiet real quick or if they're not in a place where they're close by you can pull out your phone hey say listen hang on a second let's call this person and put them on speakerphone so we both can talk to them about what you want to say they get quiet and if they're standoffish saying you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go any further this is when you can quote proverbs 16:28: a contrary person spreads conflict and a gossip separates close friends You see, by graciously and respectfully calling out people in their gossiping ways, you're letting them know that you will not tolerate their foolishness. And what's interesting is they will not come back to you to gossip again. Because they don't want to be found out. But it can be a very teachable moment when you call people out in the most loving and respectful way and say, you you cannot speak to people like that or about that. But what's interesting is that people like to talk big when the other person isn't there. This is why in internet trolls, they can have uh, this big talk behind their computer screens from their mom's basement. They, they, they can talk all they want to. They're, they're not willing to say it to the person, but they're happy to say it about the person. But don't miss this reality. Those who gossip to you will gossip about you. That's reality. That's reality. And so if you're thinking, oh, I'm a safe place for them to share their information. No, sir. They're going to be talking about you when you're not the one who's there. So you stay away from a gossip. Verse 23 says, a foolish heart publicizes stupidity. Boy, what a snapshot of our culture. Magazines at the grocery store checkout counter, tabloids, clickbait on social media. People say stupid things just to get attention. Like a child who throws a tantrum just to get attention, fools say stupid things just so people can look at them. May it not be so for us who follow Jesus. Listen, someone who is trustworthy, they keep a confidence. They don't go out spreading gossip. They don't take what you share with them and go and proclaim it to the world. They they, they keep their words few. You think about the Lord Jesus when he was sent to Herod before his crucifixion. He was interrogated, mocked, and insulted, but he did not insult back. While he was on the cross, people hurled insults at him. If you truly are the Son of God, come down off that cross. But he stayed silent. He fulfilled Isaiah 53, which says he was oppressed and afflicted, that he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shears, he did not open his mouth. You see, Jesus knew who he was, and he did not respond to the insults. May I say to you, know who you are in Christ, and you don't have to respond to all the insults that come your way. So indeed, as we look at Proverbs 12, the first reality is this, is we are to keep our words few. I want you to see secondly here in the text that we are to speak truthful words. Truthful words. Look at verse 17. Solomon says, Whoever speaks the truth declares what is right, but a false witness speaks deceit. Verse 19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue only a moment. Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. Verse 22, lying lips are detestable to the Lord, but faithful people are his delights. Verse 17, it describes a courtroom setting and the difference between a truthful witness and a false witness. When one gives an account before a judge, a false witness deceives, but whoever speaks the truth declares what is right. You see, the Lord hates lying. He detests it, verse 22. Proverbs 6, 17 says, the Lord hates a lying tongue. In Proverbs 19, 5, he says, a false witness will not go unpunished and one who utters lies will not escape. You see, God loves the truth because God is the source of all truth. All truth is God's truth. And when God speaks, he always speaks the truth. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus would frequently begin his teaching of a main idea with these words, Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus was continually speaking the truth to people. And he even tells us through John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You see, in a world that has gotten so entangled in the lies of the devil, God cuts to the quick because he is the source of all truth, which means Jesus will never lie to you. He will always tell you the truth. Social media will lie to you. Your coworkers will lie to you. Your teachers will lie to you. Politicians will lie to you. The news media will lie to you. Jesus always tells you the truth. You do not have to question what he says. He never lies to his people. And when you read the Bible, God speaks truth right to you. He reveals the truth about who he is. He tells you the truth about the world around you. and He tells you the truth about what is coming in the future. And as you read your Bible, your Bible begins to read you. It's almost like a, a mirror, James says. The word of God is a mirror. We look into God's word. We get an accurate look about who we are and who God wants us to become. Jesus prayed in John 17 to the Father. He says, Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Every day you and I need to be reminded of truth in God's word. God's word sanctifies us. It makes us holy and it protects us from believing lies. Because every day you and I are under an all out assault to believe things that are not true. Now, some of these lies that come firing at you and me, some of them are both internal and external. You see, internal lies come from your heart, they come from your heart. Internally, your heart lies to you. Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart is deceptive above all else. This is why the advice, follow your heart, is horrible advice. Hitler followed his heart. Do not follow your heart. It will lie to you. Your heart and your flesh, they will lie to you every single time. This is why we must daily refresh ourselves in the truth. Daily, your flesh wants to lead you to sin. So we wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we put those desires, we put those lies to death. You see, when your heart urges you to want to sin, you fight back with the word of God. You take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You take every thought and you put it through that Philippians 4-8 filter. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You see, Internally, your heart lies to you every day, which is why you need the word of God. It helps cut through what is true and what is false. But you see, you receive lies every day, not just internally, but you also receive it externally. You see, external lies come from the world and from the devil. Now, some lies externally, according to Ephesians 2, the believer fights not only against the flesh, but Paul says, but against the the ways of this world. According to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. See, the world is the system that hates God. The apostle Paul calls it the spirit of the age. The world's lies, they come at you through ungodly friendships or relationships. It comes at you through strategic marketing. The culture around us is always lying to us. Through entertainment, through the classroom, and through thousands of other avenues, lies seek to come right into our living room, right onto our cell phones, right into our hearts. And so we as Christians must be like trout, swimming against the current of this world's lies. We must be wise on how the world seeks to influence us away from Jesus and His Word. But you see, we also have to understand there's external lies coming from the devil. Jesus says in John 8 44 that Satan was a murderer from the beginning not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Christian, you have a target on your back. The devil wants to take you down. He hates you, he hates your marriage, he hates Jesus in you, and he wants to ruin your life. And the way that he does it is by lying. In fact, the word devil means slanderer. He uses means of slander to discredit both God and you. When someone slanders or gossips, they are quite literally aligning themselves with the character of Satan. May it not be so amongst us. You see, Satan is the tempter and he is the accuser. It's his mission to take you down, and so he feeds you lies that sometimes sound like the truth. Remember in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus was out in the desert being tempted by the devil? One of the temptations, the devil used scripture, but he twisted it. He perverted it. He took the truth and he changed it just enough where it sounded right. But Jesus, who is the word, was able to discern that and knock down that temptation and fight forth in victory. You see, Jesus did as the second Adam what the first Adam couldn't do. When the first Adam was being tempted in the garden, he fell. He bought into the lie. Well, as the second Adam, Jesus is the greater Adam, and he did what the first could not do. He perfectly obeyed God's word. So hear me on this. Though your heart, the world, and the devil will lie to you, Jesus Christ will always tell you the truth. Jesus always tells the truth because he is the truth. And those who belong to him, we must become like him in being truth tellers. We must be those who always speak the truth. You see, you and I bear the responsibility of being truth tellers. In your marriage, always tell the truth. At your work, always tell the truth. When you're selling your product to your consumers, your customers, you tell the truth. When you're filling out your IRS forms, you tell the truth. When you're telling the DMV how much you weigh for your new driver's license, you tell the truth. You get the point. See, truth-telling should be marks of who we are as followers of Christ. We are a truth-telling people, even when it's inconvenient. And we do so in a way that's winsome and humble and respectful and gracious, But I gotta say, this has got to be a mark of who we are. You see, your words reveal your heart. Your words reveal your heart. Truth telling is a heart issue. If lies, gossip, slander, exaggeration, half-truths, embellishment, or falsehood comes out of your mouth or comes off of your social media, it comes from a dirty heart jesus says in luke six forty five, out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks you see we can all know what's going on right here by what comes out right here there's a direct correlation between what's happening here in your heart because it's going to come out of your mouth so someone with a dirty mouth reveals they have a dirty heart this is why we need the gospel That Jesus went and bled and died on the cross for our sin, for all of our cursing, for all of our pride, for all of our gossip and our slander. Jesus paid the penalty for all of the words that we have spoken that have fallen short of God's glory. And he gladly paid the price in full for your sin. And the good news is he didn't stay dead. He rose again on that third day, giving eternal life. And those who trust in him, he changes your heart. You go from death to life. You go from being dirty to being washed clean with the blood of Jesus. So then now your words are the words of Christ. You speak what's here in your heart. And so when you're so overwhelmed with love for God, it leads to love of neighbor. Because you speak the truth. You see, sin distorts reality, but the gospel tells us the truth about ourselves. And then the gospel points us to the truth that's found in Jesus. You see, when the gospel changes your heart, you're compelled to speak the truth. So happens. You love the truth. You delight in the truth because Christ is the truth and he sets you free. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. So we speak truthful words. Third and finally, I want you to see that we also speak healing words, healing words. Look at verse 18. Solomon says, there is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. To speak rashly, it means to blurt out something you teachers are very familiar with right now. Your kids haven't been trained yet in your classroom to raise their hands and wait to be called on. No, they just blurt it out. Well, that's what this verse means right here. They just blurt out these words. Speaks rashly. They use their words to cut. It's someone who uses their words. They just spit it out, and it cuts those. It hurts those who it lands upon. I think if we took an informal poll in here, And I said, raise your hand if there's ever been a point in time in your life in which someone has spoken something negatively or evil about you and it hurt you, to raise your hand. I'm confident all of us would raise our hands. Many of us could think back decades ago when those words were spoken. You can remember who said it, where they said it, how they said it, and what they said. You can recall all of it. That's a memory that you have stored within your heart of which someone who did this, they blurted something out and they used their words like a sword and it cut right to your heart. But you see, the gospel is what liberates you and I to forgive those who have hurt us with their words. We have received a Niagara Falls amount of forgiveness through Jesus we are now through the forgiveness of jesus able to forgive those who have spoken evil about us and to us if today you're still carrying the burden and the shame of something someone said to you a long time ago today would you bring it to jesus would you bring it into the light and allow him to heal you with his gospel that's what he does he allows you and i the freedom of being set free From evil, hurtful words that someone has said to us. And now, as those who have been healed by Jesus, our sin has been forgiven. We now go and speak healing words to others. You see, fools use their words like a sword, the wise use their words like a healing balm. One brings harm, one brings healing moving forward. May we be the people who walk in wisdom and use our words to bring healing to those whom we talk to. Eight years ago, me and Christy's marriage was in a really difficult season. Ministry was hard. We had uh, three kids ages two and under. We were exhausted, and then we found out we were pregnant with a fourth, And we were just struggling and not trying to figure out how are we going to move forward with this. We're stressed over a newborn who's coming that we couldn't afford. And then my friend named Nathan, he came up to me and he said, Kenneth, God is showing you favor. And I wept and healing began. You see, in that moment, I was cut deep by life. And I needed someone to heal me. And so God, by his grace, chose someone who loved Jesus and used the power of their words to heal me. May I say to you, in Christ, we have the power to bring healing to people. Those who are hurting and struggling, We get to bring healing through the words that we extend to them. Speaking words of life and words of encouragement, of cheering them on, championing them on. God, by his grace, has given me men in my life who encourage me, and after I finish talking with them, I'm ready to go take on hell with a water pistol. We give courage to one another. We pray with one another. We pray for one another. We speak life into one another. You see, the gospel is the ultimate truth serum. The truth of Jesus compels us to speak the truth to one another. And we have a Savior who never lies to us and always leads us to speak the truth so that now in Christ, you and I, we are now truth tellers for the glory of King Jesus.